Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, come on. Someone say, it is finished. Come on, that's right. And like I mentioned, today is We Win Sunday because it's the Resurrection Sunday. And hey, listen, I I really feel God has given me such a special word to share with our church family that I think is going to pertain specifically not just to what happened 2,000 years ago, but what God wants to do in our lives this very moment 2,000 years later so that we can now experience the power of the resurrection. Now, I know it looks a lot different this Easter Sunday. And in fact, I miss you guys. Like, I'm serious. I miss you. I'm used to seeing the church packed out and we're doing seven services on Sunday and Saturday night services and 20,000 egg drops. And, you know, I'm used to doing that, but I believe God wants to do a new thing. The Bible says it like this. It says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. The Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. And I really want you to lean into this, this word is God is doing a new thing. He's doing something brand new in our hearts and in our lives. And again, you know, we, our hearts ache for those that are affected by this COVID pandemic. But we who are believers, we don't, we don't hope like the world hopes. The world has no living hope. We have a living hope in Jesus that we know God works everything for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I believe God is setting something up brand new for us that we will never be the same. And, and I really want us to lean into that. And so this morning, I want to talk to you from that, from that perspective. And I'm going to give you the title of my message right now. The title of my message that I want to share today is Direction from the Resurrection. That's the title of my message, Direction from the Resurrection. And so today I'm asking God is to give us clear direction, 2020 vision. It's the year 2020, clear alignment that I don't even think is by coincidence that this pandemic happened to be during the Passover, during Easter Sunday, because I believe God wants to give us new, fresh direction from the resurrection. And we need to recognize exactly how he does this and so that we can see with clarity where he's going to take us. Not so much where we've been. Listen, I know where we've been. And I said this last week, but it bears repentance. Many of us are saying, I can't wait till things go back to normal. Not me. I don't want things to go back to normal. I want God to take us to where we've never been. God, take me to places I've never been. Show me what it is you want to do in my life. So I'm going to talk today, but here's what I want you to do. I want you still to to comment in the comment section. I still want you to, to, I feel the shout down. Come on, say amen and, and talk to me. And, and I want you to talk to each other and welcome people to the community of our family. Press the share button, you know, uh, do all, everything. And let's spread the gospel because right now people are looking for the hope. And we got it, guys. We have the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to grab your Bibles. And as we get into the Word this Easter Sunday, it is, I really want you to lean in. And so I want you to grab your Bibles. Now, they're going to put my message link uh, right at the bottom here, and there are my, my control note sheets. Essentially, what I do is I give you the notes to my message, the outline, the points, and the verses, and you can follow along with me. I got a lot of scripture I want to go over today. I'm going to be, uh, you know, get, picking out some nuggets from the Word of God from the uh, from the resurrection, and I want to break those down to you. And so they're going to put the link right there. You can click that link to the points message, while the verses will be reading uh, with you. And I want you to go back and study the Word, share it with your kids, and also they're going to put a kids church link. And this Sunday is a real excited kids church. I'm excited to watch the kids church. 
years today because my son Judah and my daughter Faith, they actually did a resurrection egg uh, thing. So we got to preach together and they filmed it earlier in the week. And so get your kids and, and they, they got a real cool uh, project as well for the Freedom Kids. And that's going to be a really cool project. So check out them and uh, so proud of them that they're stepping into the gift God has given them as well. But uh, get your kids around that and we're just going to bring Easter to the whole family. From my family to your family, we love you and we want Jesus to be at the center of all that we're going through. So grab your Bibles and go with me now to the book of Luke. We're going to be in the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 24, and uh, we are going to get into this, this Easter Sunday. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I hold it back. So just because I don't see you in the building don't mean I, I'm, I'm going to take it easy. I'm, come, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after the devil. I'm coming after COVID. I'm trying to put hope in your home. And I'm going to let the resurrection power just hit us all with the goodness of God. So, so tell somebody next to you, tell them, say, resurrection power is coming to our house. Just say that. Resurrection power is coming to our house. Luke 24, we're going to read verse 1 through 12. And then we'll jump down to verse 36. And we're going to read the resurrection story together on this Easter Sunday, and here is how the Bible reads. Verse number one, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation as we talk about Easter, the most, one of the most significant moments in human history, or the most significant moment in human history. Verse one says, it says, but very early on what day? Sunday morning, someone say Sunday morning. Very early on Sunday morning, the Bible says, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. It says they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So the Bible says, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Now, these two men were actually angels that had, were appearing to them. And it was just two ordinary men, but they were actually two angels. The Bible tells us that angels have the ability at oftentimes to um, literally transform to look like men, but they were angels that had rolled away the stone. Verse five, it says, the women were terrified and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men asked him, why are you looking for the dead? I'm sorry, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? In other words, why are you looking for the living among the dead. Watch verse 6, most very powerful statement says, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. So the angels knew the word and they're like, Why are you guys here? He already told you he was going to raise again. Why are you ex not expecting? Why are you surprised that he's not here? Verse number 7. Then the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And it says, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered what he, when he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. Verse 11. It was Mary Magdalene. So it's going to name to us who the women were there. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. So here the women saw Jesus wasn't there. They ran back to where the disciples were. And then verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 11 says, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Isn't that hilarious? Here you got the 12 apostles. They walk with Jesus, saw him heal blind eyes, raise Lazarus from the dead, heal the sick, do miracles, turn water into wine, multiply the bread to feed 5,000 people. And when they told him he rose from the dead, they thought it was nonsense. <laughs> Notice the, 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 the interaction here that they didn't believe 
what had happened. Verse 12, however, Peter jumped up, ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered and saw the empty linen wrappings, and he went home again wondering what had happened. Now jump down to verse 36, says, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them, and he said, peace be with you. I want to talk to you today, like I said, the title of my message is direction from the resurrection. Direction from the resurrection. He rose so we can rise and find direction. Let me pray one more time. Father, I thank you for our church family that we are locked and loaded with the word of God through this online method of God, this avenue. And I pray that you speak to us that today we would truly experience the power of the resurrection in a, very, in a very unique way like we never have before because I believe you want to do a new thing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen and amen. Come on, that's right. I want you to turn to somebody and just tell them it's resurrection power. Come on, say that. Resurrection power. Today I really want to break down, if you notice, I have an illustration over here. It's a big old tomb. Took me all of last night to build it. No, I'm just joking. Come on. Our, we have an amazing team. I always put them to work with different, different props. But I'm going to talk about the resurrection today. And the if you could zoom out on the shot, I want to show them. Thank you. I want to talk to you about today the resurrection and the power of what took place 2,000 years ago and how that makes sense. Watch this now. Not only 2,000 years ago, but how this makes sense 2,000 years later, and from here we get direction from the resurrection. I want to talk to you about this because this is perhaps, I mean, rephrase that better. This is the most significant moment in human history. It is the most significant moment on planet Earth. In fact, it's the, one of the, it's the most significant moment even in all of eternity because what happened on the, cru- on the cross and what was fulfilled in the tomb now brings a whole new set of the way humanity lives in light of a relationship with God. Paul said it like this. He said that if Jesus died but didn't raise again, then our faith is futile. It's, it's meaningless because we would serve a dead God. But how many know Jesus didn't just die? He rose again. And this becomes the cornerstone or the capstone of our faith is that Jesus, yes, he was born. Yes, Jesus died. But if all he did was be born and die, then we serve a dead God. But our God is not dead. Come on, someone say he is alive. And it is the cornerstone, the capstone, the catalyst of what we believe God to be established. Now, allow me to teach. I, you guys know I love to preach, and I'm going to work up a sweat today. Don't you worry. We're gonna, I'm going I'm to preach. That's, that's why I'm not wearing a jacket right now, because I'm going to preach right through this shirt. I'm going I'm to start sweating getting to work here. But let me teach, and let me break this down to give us a runway or a foundation to not understand, not only understand what happened, but why it happened and why it had to happen. The first thing we got to understand about the resurrection is nobody killed Jesus. Let me say that one more time. Nobody killed Jesus. So don't you think for one moment that they killed Jesus and then he had to resurrect his own life. No, the Bible actually says it like this in the, in, the, in, the, in the scripture. Jesus actually says it in John chapter 10 and verse number 18. Help me, team, if you could put it on my back screen monitor, you help me preach quicker so I can get more material out in the 45 minutes I have left. But John chapter 10 and verse 18, I need it on my back monitor. Thank you. It says no one, here's what Jesus says. He says no one 
can take my life from me, he says, I sacrifice it. Now watch me here. This is important. Let me break this down. Like I said, I love to preach, but let me teach. Let me give you some knowledge. Jesus says, don't you be mistaken for one minute. Ain't nobody take Jesus' life. Jesus said, I laid it down. In fact, he uses the word, I voluntarily, he says, laid it down. He says, for I have the authority to lay it down. And when I want to, I will also take it up again. For what, he says, for this is what my father has commanded. Now, now look at me real quick. Look at the screen. I'm looking straight, straight in the eyes. And I want you to hear this. Nobody killed Jesus. Jesus said, I laid my life down. He says, I willingly laid my life down to sacrifice it and for you. And when I was ready, he says, I got back up to show you that ain't nothing going to take out my God. I feel like preaching already. Ain't no COVID going to take out my my covenant with God. Ain't no disease going to put me at dis-ease because I got a king that is for me and he can raise me up whenever he wants to. You ought to just put a good amen right there. You heard me right? No dis-ease will put me at dis-ease. Come on, somebody. Why? Because Jesus says, I laid it down, and when I was ready, he says, I picked it back up because he has the authority. Now, John chapter 15 and verse number uh, 13 says it like this. It says, greater love, Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, greater love has no one than this. He says that I laid down one's life for his friends. Now, this is so important because in the scripture, Jesus doesn't just call us his children. He calls us his friends. And if some of you that know your Bible, you remember the only other time he called someone a friend was Abraham, was when Abraham became a friend of God. Why did he call him a friend? Because God says, I don't just love you. I like you. Come on, man. Let me tell you why that's important. Because some of us husbands, let me, let me talk to the wives real quick. Wives, we know you love us, but we wonder if you actually like us. Come on now. And so, and so what Jesus said, you're my friends. He says, I lay it down not only because I love you, but I like you. I like you with your quirks. I like you with your cow lick hair. He says, I like you just the way you are. I, li- I actually like the way I made you because you bring him glory. God says, I lay my life down for my friends. Greater love has no one. So I need you to understand the perspective is that nobody killed my Jesus. Jesus laid his life down. He took the bullet for us. He took the place that I should have been crucified. I should have been punished. And the reason why we serve God is not because we fear his punishment. We serve God because he became our punishment. He took my place. And God says, I laid my down life because I love you. Now, Let me continue. This is important because this is what makes Jesus different than any other religion. This is what makes Jesus different than than Muhammad, than Gandhi, than Ari Krishna, than Buddha, than any other religion. Because all of them died, but ain't none of them get up. I feel like preaching now. Because our God says, I'm going to die, but I'm going to raise again. And Jesus didn't just do it on the spot. He told his disciples he was going to do it. Matthew chapters 18 and verse number 21. We having a Bible study on Easter. I hope you got your pen out. Note takers are world shakers. Let's go to school in the word of God. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Jesus told his disciples what would happen. He actually told them, he says, from then on, watch this now, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. Someone say 
plainly. Okay, plainly. In other words, he, won't, he wasn't fooling with it. He wasn't trying to trick them. He told them plainly. He says that it was necessary, watch this now, necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. Now, if I had more time, I would preach a whole nother sermon that the Romans were not the ones who killed Jesus. It was the religious leaders. Religion always kills relationship with Jesus. It was the religious leaders that actually ended up killing him because they didn't want the new thing. They wanted to squeeze out the very power of God. It says, the Bible says that the teachers and of the religious law, that he, that's what he told me, says that he would be killed, but on the third day, someone say third day, it says on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Now watch me now, watch me here. The Bible says that Jesus told them what was gonna happen. He's like, I'm telling you, that I'm going to be killed, I'm laying down my life because I love you. He says, but don't trip, apple chip, okay? <laughs> That's just the way I said it. That's the JIV, Josiah International Version. It's the new translation. It's coming out next year. Just joking. Come on. He says, don't trip, apple chip. He says, when I die, watch this now, I want you to know is that I'm laying it down, and when I'm ready, he says, I'm going to come back up victorious, and Jesus is so, he, he's such the man. He says, and I'm going to tell you when. He says, on the third day. On the third day. So scripture, that, that means on a Sunday morning. He says, so when I get up, he's like, y'all should be ready to praise and ready. Because you say, he told me he was going to get up, right? But the Bible tells us that he told him. Now, this is so important because when we get to the scriptures we just read, the Bible actually says, that in verse number one, let's walk through this, and I'm going to just, we're going to sniper some verses here. In Luke chapter 24, in verse number one, follow with me team here, it says here, it says that the women went to the tomb, and the reason they were going through the tomb in Luke 24 in verse one, follow with me team in the back monitor, it says they were taking the spices that they had prepared. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 1, it says they, they, verse 1, verse 1, it says that they went and the women went to the tomb on the early Sunday morning. So, I'm sorry, uh, very, verse 1, it says, but very early on Sunday morning, they went to the tomb. Now, watch me here, okay? That, that, was, that was me. It says they went to the tomb very early on Sunday morning. Now, when they went to the tomb, they didn't actually go to the tomb because they thought Jesus was going to rise again. They went to the tomb, the Bible says, to take spices to actually prepare or to help enhance the burial of Jesus. They actually didn't go to the tomb expecting him to rise again. Now, let me just retract a quick statement here as they went on Sunday morning. This is why we do church on Sunday morning. The reason why the New Testament church does church on Sunday morning is, because, uh, you know, Saturday is actually the last day of the week. So Saturday is the Shabbat. But the New Testament church, we gather on Sunday, the first day of the week, because that's when Jesus rose again. So every time we log into church or we come to church on a Sunday morning, we're remembering when Jesus rose again 2,000 years ago. We're coming to the tomb because we expect resurrection power to come upon my life. And here you were thinking, I just go to church on Sunday because that's what you're supposed to do. No, I'm going to. I, it, we're metaphorically saying we're coming to the resurrection power on Sunday morning. And so this is why we gather on Sunday and we have church to remember the resurrection. But the Bible says that they went very early on Sunday morning. Some will say very early. 
very early. And when they went to the tomb, they were taking the spices. Now, this is important because I want you to, let's jump into the text here. That they were taking the spices to the tomb. Now, wait a minute. If they were taking the spices to the tomb, then that means that how in the world would they get in the tomb if there was a big old rock that they had put at the tomb? Because the garden tomb would have actually been just like this. It would have been a cave, and they would have fixed a rock into the cave, and you wouldn't be able just to roll, roll it away. So, so the women going there, they knew how in the world are we going to get in there. They didn't know, but this is what I like about these women. These women were women of faith because they went anyway. In other words, they were saying, I don't know how we're going to move the, the, the stone, but when we get there, we'll figure it out. Don't you like friends that are like that? They're like, when we get there, we'll, I don't know what we're going to do, but when we get there, we'll figure it out. We'll just worry about that when we get there. So they brought these spices thinking we might have to like bust this thing open or do something to properly prepare the body for the burial of Jesus Christ, which was a ceremonial type of, you know, proper thing because they had taken Jesus um, off the tomb. Mark chapter 16 and verse 3 says, and they asked each other, the women asked each other, they said, who will roll the stone away from the entrance uh, of the tomb? And that's what Mark chapter 16 verse 3 says. They're like, who will do it? We don't know, but they're going to go ahead and try to figure it out, but they figured it out anyways. Now, in verse number, number 2, the Bible says, then they found the stone that had been rolled away from the entrance, so the Bible says they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says that they were puzzled about what they found. So when they went there, they didn't see it. They're like, they, they went there and the, and the stone was rolled away. Watch this now. So when they got there, the Bible tells that the angels rolled the stone away. That was so heavy. Oh my God. Okay. They got there. Watch me now. I feel the Holy Ghost. They got there. And they're like, oh my goodness. And they looked in and he wasn't there. And the Bible says that the women were actually puzzled. It says that. I read it to you. They were puzzled. Stay with me. They were, corn they were like, why is he not here? Oh my goodness. We brought all these spices because we thought he would still be in the tomb. But then the Bible says that the angels clothed in white came like a beaming light and they began to talk to the women and explain to them what had taken place because they did not fully understand what had happened. And here's what the angels said. I love what the angels though. It says they were wondering about slaying the men. Go to the next verse. You can for me. It says they said this. They said in their fright, the women bowed their heads. And this is what the angels said. They said, why do you look for the living among the dead? This is powerful. He says, why do you look for the living among the dead? Go to the next verse. And then he said this. They said, they said, help me out, team. Come on, the next verse. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Here we go, the next verse. I'll go to my screen. Amen. All right. Then they said here in the next verse, in verse number six, they said, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Watch this now. They make this announcement to the women. And they say, yo, ladies, listen, he isn't here. They make the announcement of the resurrection that he is not there. 
Now, why is this powerful? This is powerful. Watch me now. Because the announcement that the angels made to the women was an announcement that he would, he's not here because he already told them he wouldn't be here. He already, Jesus, oh, remember I read it to you, he already told them that he wasn't going to be here. So they are now in this quandary because they go, man, we thought he was going to be here, but why isn't he here? But he isn't here. And they're like, remember he told you? And they're like, oh, Snapchat, you're right. I remember. He told us he wasn't going to be here. Now the angels made this announcement to them. Why? Because he wanted them to understand one of the most powerful things. He wanted them to understand that they can trust and rely on God's word. That they can remember who God is and what he said he would do. He said he is risen just like he told you. Tell your neighbor, tell somebody, say, he told you he was going to come through. Say that. He told you he's going to come through. So the angels were like, why are you surprised? Why, why are you surprised? And so God let them understand this announcement. Now, I find so interesting, let me, let me break this down, is that the guys didn't come to the tomb. Now, let me, let me preach this for a minute. The guys didn't come to the tomb. It wasn't Peter, James, John, you know, Philip, Bartholomew that came to the tomb. It was the ladies who came to the tomb. And the Bible actually says these women came to the tomb. Now, when it says these women, it was actually talking about a certain posse of women. It was talking about a certain group of women. It wasn't talking about just any women. It was talking about a certain group of women that were following Jesus. Then the Bible actually names the women. It says it was Mary Magdalene. And some of you remember who Mary Magdalene is. She was the one that was caught in adultery but was forgiven by Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that she had seven demons. And so that was one of the women. And then the next woman says it was Joanna, and Joanna was a businesswoman. We know that according to Luke chapter 8 and verse 1, that Joanna was a businesswoman, and she was one who followed Jesus and took care of the business affairs of Herod, but she believed in Jesus and actually supported Jesus out of her business. Then the Bible says the third woman was Mary, the mother of James. Let's just call her a mother. So here you have the woman. One girl was a woman that was delivered by seven demons. Then you had the businesswoman. Then you had the mother, and then you had seven other women. And this is kind of like a picture of a girl gang or the girl fiercely feminine women in a typical church where you have one woman who's the crazy one who got delivered from seven demons and then you have the other woman who's like a business uh, put together. Then you have the mother that's like, I'm just the mother trying to raise these crazy kids. And this is a picture of actually women, not just of 2,000 years ago, but even of modern history. And let me just tell you, you ought to find you some awesome women that'll, come on ladies, I'm talking to you, that'll actually go with you to the tomb, not take you to dead places, but living places that will actually follow Jesus with you. Come on now. That's what we that's what you need, ladies. That's what you need to get into a connect room. Hello. But so these ladies go to the tomb. And what I find interesting, it wasn't the guys who came to the tomb, it was the women. Why the women? Because God let the women restore what was lost in the Garden of Eden, let it be restored in the garden tomb of the resurrection. When Eve ate the fruit, the women were the first ones to hear the resurrection. And in fact, the angels tell the women, go tell the disciples. So the first people to preach the resurrection was women. So anybody who tries to tell you that women can't preach is not reading the Bible because the angel said, go tell the fellas about the resurrection. And I'm just going to take a moment and say, ladies, that's why you need to be preaching. That's why, ladies, you need to be praying. That's why, ladies, you need to be speaking the word of God because he's restoring what was lost in the Garden of Eden. My God, say amen. So he tells these ladies, go. He says, because he told you that is how it's going to be. Now, 
I want to break a couple of words down. I know I got a point. Don't worry. I have many points. I might have to do a four-part series on the resurrection. Come on now. But here's what, here's what he tells them. The angel tells the ladies this statement. He says, why? This is the most fundamental question. He says, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's like, why are you looking in the dead place for someone that told you he's going to be alive? This is the fundamental question of humanity. Because so many of us, we search for life in dead things. Many people are looking for life in dead relationships, for life in dead habits, for life in dead traditions. We're looking for life in dead idols. We're looking for life in dead human efforts. But life can only be found in Jesus. Listen, I'll tell you myself, I don't know how many times I have looked for life in dead things where I can never get life in dead things. But before I came to Christ, I, I would look into the tomb of, of popularity, looking into the tombs of, of, of trying to live up to a status quo or a certain type of situation or a certain position or a certain, you know, power or a certain fame. And so often people look for life in dead things. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you've been looking for life in dead things and dead things can't bring you life. You cannot find life in dead things. And these women were actually looking for the right thing in the wrong place. The disciples never even came to the right thing because they were afraid in the wrong place. And the resurrection is speaking to us today is you can't find the right thing in the wrong place and stop trying to find hope where there's hopelessness. Stop trying to find security where there's insecurity. Stop trying to find deliverance where there's bondage. Stop trying to find love where there's only hate. Stop trying to find, you know, a, a, a togetherness where there's a bunch of brokenness. you got to find life in living things. And the Bible actually says the angels told the women, this way told, told the first people the resurrection, which is all of us, not just the ladies, but even the fellas, all of us. They said this, they said, remember what he told you? He says, remember what he told you? In other words, the resurrection was supposed to be a remembrance of how faithful God is. Can I ask you a question? What words of Jesus have you forgotten? What words and promises of God have you forgotten to remember during this COVID-19 that is causing you to be puzzled and to be worried? What, what commands are you not obeying? What truths are you not remembering during this season that is causing you to be confused? you got to recognize this. This is a season to remember God's faithfulness even in the difficulty. To remember what God spoke in the darkness. I'm sorry, to remember what he spoke in the light even when it's these dark moments. To remember that God, you, you, I'm not going to put a period where you want to put a comma because you want to move in my life. Somebody shout amen. In fact, just write and say, I'm going to remember what he said. Write that down. Say, I'm going to remember what he said. Then the angels say this. i got to break this down. This is what the angels said. The angels said, these four words, they were powerful four words. This is what he said. They said, he is not here. That's powerful. The angels are like, he is not here. They're like, hey, the angels are chilling. They're like, hey, he's not here. Why are you looking here? He's not here. Why is that so powerful? You want to know why that's powerful? Lean in on this one. That's powerful because this is what makes Jesus Victor, this is what makes Jesus the triumphant one because he's not dead. He's not here. And this is what makes what we believe different than every other thing. Because if you go to the tomb 
of Muhammad, he's still there. If you go to the tomb of Buddha, he's still there. If you go to the tomb of Joseph Smith, Mormonism, he's still there. If you go to the tomb of, uh, of Gandhi, he's still there. But if you happen to be blessed enough to go to the tomb where Jesus was believed to be, guess what? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the light of the world, the rose of Sharon, the crucified one, the ruling, the ruling and reigning victorious one. Guess what? Our God is not there. Why? Because he was no man. He is God in the flesh. And this is why on Easter Sunday we can sing, we can praise, we can shout. We can, this is why we can get through COVID-19, COVID-20 and 20. Call it what you want. We can get through anything the devil throws at us. Why? Because if God can rise again, we too can rise again on Easter Sunday and every Sunday because I serve a living God, y'all. I said he's alive and he's not dead. And if he got up, I can get up. I want you to tell three people, say, you got to get up because God got up on this Sunday. The resurrection gives us direction. He's not there. Then the Bible uses this word. Here the angels are preaching. I love this. Let the angels preach. The angels said, he is risen. Say them, say, he is risen. This word, he is risen, is actually one word. In the Greek, it's not three words. He is risen. It's not three words. In the Greek, it's one word. And the word that the angels used in the Greek was the word agero. Say they say agero. So when the angels made the declaration, they didn't say he is risen. We say that in English, that's the translation. But a lot of times we lose the, the luster into the English language because the Bible is written in Greek. They used the Greek word agero, one word. So the, the, the angels told the people at the tomb on Easter Sunday, the very first Sunday. I'm taking you back to the very first Sunday, very first Easter Sunday. The angel said, Agero, he's not here. Agero. This word Agero means to wake up. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. Here it comes. This word Agero would be the synonym of when you're asleep and Agero would be when you wake up. That moment when you're sleeping in your cozy bed and you open your eyes, that's an agero moment. It's when you're sleeping, eyes open, agero takes place. What I'm trying to tell you is that the Easter message is the message of agero. And here's what I believe is happening right now. Don't miss this point is that what God is doing is it is an agarrow moment for America. It is an awakening for your marriage. It is an agarrow moment for your life. It is an agarrow for the church. It is an agarrow for your business. It is an agarrow for your family. It is an agarrow for your life. It is an agarrow for your mind. We are in a resurrection agarrow moment in humanity. We will never be the same. I'm coming to your house to prophesy a garrow to your living room, a garrow to your family, a garrow to your marriage, a garrow to your mind. Why? He is risen. He is. I'm not asleep anymore. And if you've been sleeping in on your Christianity, God is trying to wake you up. You've been sleeping in on your prayers. God is trying to wake you up. He shut down the end. Well, I'm on the side of the Be careful. But he allowed the NBA to shut down. He allowed the TV to shut down. He allowed baseball to shut down. He allowed this and that to shut 
down. Why? God is trying to wake up his church for revival to come in this land. And mark my words, I've prophesied Easter 2020 will be the moment from this day forward that we're going to have to open up more, more services. We're going to see more people come alive to God. Why? Because Aguero has come to my home and I welcome the resident. Somebody shout Aguero. I feel the Holy Ghost. One word. And that's all I need. Angel said, yo, ladies, Aguero, he told you I was going to wake up. He told you he's going to wake you up. I wish I had the worship team to back me up right now. Help me out, team. Let's go. He said, Aguero, I'm going to wake you up. And I believe that's what God is doing to our homes right now. Direction from the resurrection. He says, I'm going to wake you up, Aguero. And, if, and here's what God is doing right now. He's using, and I think it's by coincidence, listen to me now, that this whole pandemic is taking place during Easter Sunday. Oh, no, 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 no. And the words of, of Kung Fu Panda, there are no coincidences. Come on, man. There's no coincidences. There's no coincidences. This is, this is no moment of, oh, what, what, are, what are the odds that everything shut down during Easter? Kind of weird. No, no, it's not weird. It's a garrow. It is an awakening. Why? See, see, this is what God began to show me here. Nice and low if you can for me. Nice and low. Here's what God began to show me. He began to show me is that there are so many believers that are puzzled during this time. We're puzzled. What's going on? I don't know. And it's like, I thought he told us. I told you I was going to wake up the world. I told you he's going to bring revival. He says he's risen. Aguero. I don't know about you, but that's what I want this, this, this Easter Sunday. I want God to wake us up. The Bible then says, <laughs> watch what happens. I love the Bible. You ought to read it. It's really good. It says that, verse 8, then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It says it was, watch this, Mary Magdalene, they begin to name them, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, who was the mother of Jesus. James was the half-brother of Jesus, right? Mary did have more children after Jesus. Read the Bible. And so uh, Mary, them three, and several other women who had told the apostles what had happened. The Bible says that these ladies had the message. These ladies had the word. These ladies had, had a word to bring. Now, why is that? Because it was, like I told you, a promise fulfilled to Eve. Remember when God told Eve, he says, out of your, you would, he says, you'll crush the head of the serpent. And now this resurrection, women are being activated. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I'll preach that fiercely feminine later on. But, but, but he says, they'll prophesy. They rush back and they tell the boys. And when they tell the boys, in verse 11, watch what happens. Several told the apostles what had happened was, in verse 11, it says, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Fellas, that's why, that's why we need our women sometimes to knock some sense into us. That's okay. Come on now. You know, it's funny how the Holy Spirit sounds like my wife's voice a lot. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Anyway, 
Guys, we're, we're dumb sometimes. It's just real talk, okay? I can talk to the fellas. But they tell the boys, fellas, Jesus got up. He's not in the tomb. Remember, he told us? And they're like, get out of here. Get out of here. No way. And I think this is a picture not only of guys. I'm picking us and us guys. Okay, guys, you're fired up for Jesus too. But, but here's what happens. Here's what happens. So many people fall into this bucket. That in this COVID pandemic, you could be the one full of resurrection power. And you go, come on. You're, that's nonsense. God can't do anything right now. You're like, <laughs> no. But the Bible says Peter, though, being who Peter was, I don't know if he did it out of faith or if he did it out of just like, let me find out if they're telling the truth or they're being a bunch of mentirosas or let me see if it's, a, it's the real thing. So the Bible says Peter jumps up. Watch this, what it says here. Read the Bible. It says in verse, it says that he jumps up and he starts to run to the tomb to look and stooping down, he peered into it and he saw the empty linens that were there. And he went home again, but notice what Peter is, wondering what had happened. So he looked and he's like, oh snap, he's not there. They're telling the truth. And Peter was still wondering. That's kind of weird that he's not there. He still didn't remember the word. He didn't remember the word. I got to wrap this message up, so let me give you this point. Point number one. I know that's a long introduction, huh? I just got, you know what, I overstudy. I don't apologize for that. But I might have to turn this into maybe a 10-week series. Point number one is that. The resurrection redirects my life. The resurrection redirects my life. It takes me from wondering to wonder of the wonder of God. It takes me from being puzzled to purpose. It takes me from worry to worship. It takes me from running in fear to running with a message in my mouth. It redirects my life. Because when you come to the tomb, you should never leave the same. Never leave the same. And what I find even so interesting is that they came to the tomb and it redirects your life. Now, I love what the angels told, told the, the, the disciples, I'm sorry, the, the, the ladies, in ver, and, and actually in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says, but the angel said, don't be alarmed, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he is not here, a Gero, he is risen from the dead. Look, look, he says, look at this, where his body laid. Next verse, it says here, this was said, now go and tell his disciples including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you in Galilee. You will, you will see him there just as he told you before he died. I want you to just emphasize that go and tell. Someone say go and tell. He's put a word in their mouth. Go and tell the world about this Agero power. I'm praying that out of this pandemic, there are more go and tell preachers, more go and tell men, more go and tell women, more go and tell Christians, more go and tell followers, more go and tell people of God that they have had such an awakening during this pandemic that it wasn't a pandemic for you. In fact, it was a moment of purpose for you. It was a moment of a garrow. There was an awakening that took place in your home and a, a renaissance of what really is important, a renaissance of what really is essential. There was an awakening of how your family was always supposed to have meals and dinner at night. I was raised in my house and today 
day. So many people are always out of the house and maybe there was an awakening. There was an engaro. And I want you to go and tell the world that Jesus has put your life back together, that now you're remembering, I don't need to be so hustle and bustle and blah, blah. Man, I just need to recognize that I need to raise my family. I need to fear my God. I need to worship in my home. I need to bring my family back to the foundation of Christ. And you tell the world about this agero, which I think is so beautiful that is outlined in the scriptures. The Bible then says, let me wrap this up here. It says here, that they went to that place. And point number two, write this down. The resurrection gives us power to overcome every obstacle. Someone say power. Every obstacle. Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You see, when the tomb was rolled away, I'm about to close right now. When the tomb was rolled away, listen to me now. This tomb was rolled away. It was a metaphor that whatever obstacle is holding you back from seeing the resurrection, God says, I'm going to move it. Now let me close right here. Why did, the tomb, why did the stone have to be rolled away? Let me break this down. The stone did not have to be rolled away for Jesus to come out. It was never, no, no, no. Remember, Jesus can walk through walls when he resurrected. The Bible says he would appear. Man, he would tell, he would literally transport. So I know we see the picture, and I'm going to mess up your picture. I'm sorry. The stone is rolled away, and Jesus is like this. And we all love the picture. They moved the stone so that Jesus come out. No! He didn't need the stone moved. He could have just teleported from out there and boom, been outside and be like, what's up, y'all? Okay? He didn't need this move for him. The reason, my God, get ready because I feel the power of God. The reason this stone was moved was not so Jesus could come out. This stone was moved so that you could come in, so that you could look inside. The stone was moved so that you could actually step into the resurrection and be like, my God. So the real picture shouldn't be Jesus doing this. The real picture should be all of us saying, y'all, let's go to the resurrection. It should be like this going, oh my God, look at, oh my God, what? Did you see this? It should be all of us running inside and saying, I want the power of God to come up in my life. A carol come to my home in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.